podcast i'm anthony irwin i am joined by nobody it is a monday evening i am recording this just after when i would usually uh release it sorry about the lateness i'll I'll get this up as soon as i possibly can uh it was just a really hectic day today uh we're still working on a bit of a short staff at silver screen and roll so uh your boy had to do a little bit extra so uh, oh, and then and then I also did a show, uh, by the way, check it out. I appeared on uh, Brian Toprek's uh, The NBA Pod. You can check that out. I, I just retweeted it out uh, from my account and at Anthony Irwin LA. Uh, by the way, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnLakers. Uh, today's going to be part two of the uh, Mailbag Podcast that I promised you guys over the weekend. Uh, yes, the Lakers officially hired Frank Vogel. I'll be able to, to to work some of that stuff in here as well. Seeing as there is no real new information right now, I didn't want to drop an emergency podcast or or even really fully drive this podcast with Vogel talk. Uh, there will be plenty of time over the next weeks and months and and whatever uh, to to get into more of the X's and O's and the impact of of Frank Vogel and and what everything means. But I wanted to focus on answering your guys' questions. I promise you I will, and so I'm going to keep up on that promise. Uh, next, the, the first question that I'm going to dive into is one that I actually missed uh, when I was recording this last show. So, jmac2450 writes, hey, Anthony, love the show. Thank you. The podcast drops at the perfect time every day for my commute home from university in in Adelaide, Australia. Uh, From what I understand, Bill McDonald's contract ran out at the end of this last season. Uh, What is your opinion on him? Would you like to see him back next season and into the future? If not, who? Personally, I can't stand him. Why does he say underneath uh, when someone is going for the dunk? Among many other irritants, as much as I like Stu, I feel like he's washed as well uh, and would love to see to have Michael Thompson on Spectrum broadcast instead of Stu. Would love to hear your thoughts and Pete's too on this. Cheers. Uh, I'll, I'll run this by Pete too. Look, personally, I think my, my, my absolute fantasy hire, my, my fantasy booth, because I, I kind of sort of agree on Stu. Uh, I, I just he spends a lot of time complaining about how hard his job is, which, like the last thing people want to hear from people in in the industry in which we talk about sports for a living, is us complain about literally anything. Like lately, it's been really kind of dragging to talk about negative stuff all the time. It does kind of wear on you, but at the end of the day, people who are doing other things than this uh, and would love to have this job don't want to hear us whine about that. So I don't. Uh, and just in general, people don't like whiners, right? Anytime somebody asks me how I'm doing, I always say I can't complain, not that you would want to hear it anyway. And it's it's the truth. Uh, and I think sometimes Stu kind of gets into the – just falls back on the crutch of complaining about these damn kids nowadays and and these new-founded and, and new-fangled – three-pointers, and it's just it's, it's time to move on. Much like with a lot of stuff in the Lakers organization, it might be time to move on. Um, that said, I got to meet Stu Lance a, a few years back, and, and uh, he could not have been a nicer guy. Uh, it's just I have to be objective here, and I think, you know, unless he unless he rethinks his approach to covering the game, he, he kind of sort of needs to, to maybe consider calling it quits. Uh, one thing I do hope with whoever they do hire is that they aren't just straight homers about the team. Nobody likes that. It, like, you watch the Rockets uh, 
telecast and it's just it's just nonstop either whining about calls or or complaining about other players and stuff. It's just nobody that's that's a really irritating uh call. My boss, by the way, David Locke is is the radio voice of the jazz and I think he does a really good job, though I don't think he would come to LA for this team. Uh my my dream partnership though in the booth would be uh, Kevin Harlan, if they could somehow sign him to a deal that allows him to also work with TNT, uh, that would be incredible. I think he would—he's to me, he's the best voice in the business right now. You see this actually with the Knicks and uh, and ESPN. Mike Breen does does ESPN games and then also does Knicks games locally out there for New York. Um, it, it's a lot. It might be a little easier because Bristol is closer to New York than whatever. But you also have headquarters out here in LA for ESPN. So I think you can make you can make that work as well. Uh, though this uh, TNT is a uh, an Atlanta thing. Uh, it's a Turner thing. So maybe that makes it a little bit more difficult. I just he's so freaking good. Harlan is. He's so good, and he makes like the even the small one thing that that really separated uh, Vince Scully. And and Chick Hearn from the other their peers in the industry, uh, and and by the way they didn't really have peers in the industry. But one thing that separated them from the next tier down of of broadcasters was their ability to just turn small moments into fun moments that you that that get you back. It's not just the basketball that brings you to the TV. It's it's their spin on basketball and it was always a lot of fun uh then obviously chick hearn was vince coley did the same thing you know he'd, he'd be calling a game and it'd be kind of a slow moment and he you know back in 1943 so and so of so and so was in so in place and and his favorite colored jello was orange and and ever since then he's won orange underwear under his uniform i don't know why i made vince coley go there it was a bad call on my part oh anywho i want uh, kevin harlan and i want doris burke in the lakers broadcast booth that's that's just it's such a fantastic team and them working together would be incredible and seeing as the lakers are as bad as they are or as the, as bad as they've been for a really long time, you kind of need something beyond the basketball to get you to in front of your TVs on a, on a nightly basis. So that would be my preference. I don't. I, I'm not going to confirm the stuff on on Billy Mac's contract. I I never really looked into it. I never. I've never really thought to look into it. But uh, maybe at some point I'll ask some of my friends over there at Spectrum what the deal is there and and what direction they might be going in. Uh, either way. But thank you for the question. All right, I'm going to scroll back up to the top. I'm going to answer one more before we go to break. This one comes in from, well, Davin112 asks, uh, who was the best hire for Brandon Ingram? I actually think this is where Frank Vogel is an interesting hire. I believe I touched on this a little bit uh, last night too, but but uh, Brandon Ingram defensively is, I think, really going to be aided by Frank Vogel in this regard. Uh, so, so that's, that's a, that's something that is worth looking forward to. And, and look, whoever, whichever offensive mind they bring in next, whoever that might be, whatever analytics department they bring in, I know Vogel is, is kind of an analytics guy too. I do really hope that they focus, they get back to focusing on the aspects of the game that really matter with Brandon Ingram, fewer isolation possessions ending in a, in a pull-up jumper 
with plenty of time left on the shot clock. Uh, get Brandon Ingram out there hitting corner threes and taking them willingly and and spreading out the court for LeBron and, and any other teammate that they might have out there together. That would be my hope anyway. I'm going to take another quick second, or a quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to get to the rest of your questions. And there's a lot of them, so, so sit tight. All right, Moss House writes, Help a brother out, please. Is there a possibility Genie Bus releases control of the Lakers or a firm makes an offer based on the dysfunction we are witnessing? Please help listeners like me out on why the Rambus family has so much power. I know she is friends with Linda, uh, she being Genie, but this is a root of is this the root of the dysfunction? Is she really saying uh, to fans of one of the greatest sports franchises, franchises, I hire and listen to my best friend who has a husband who was a coaching disaster and will hire an inexperienced executive based on uh, he had has a relationship with Kobe Bryant. I'm assuming there is more to the story. Do you have inside information or a silver lining to uh, maybe just a cotton lining over this polyester uh, that will make your skin break out in hives, the mess we are seeing? Let me see show piece. I'll put it this way. Uh, there is no, as of right now, the silver lining, the light at the end of the tunnel is that these guys are such disasters that they uh, are are so embarrassed and, and feel the heat from the pressure of the public so fervently that they, that they move off of their positions. Uh, in terms of a forced sale, not going to happen. Uh, if there is a sale, I believe Jeannie would literally have to vote herself out of her current position. Uh, I know there are bus siblings out there who would prefer that the Lakers are sold. Uh, the thing with the bus family is, and 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 uh, Sean Matian, when I had him on the show, put it really well, where it's, if you own, let's say you have... $35,000 in your bank account, right? And you own a house that is worth $750,000, right? Uh, that does not mean that you have $750,000 with which to work with however you want, right? You have $35,000 in terms of just cash uh, cash type of, of, of assets. It's just the $35,000 that you have there. And maybe you have stuff in, in savings too, or whatever, but for the most part, like you can't go out and, and, and buy another, you know, another million dollar house or a million dollar house and say, okay, here, I'm going to pay cash with my 750 K first, you would have to sell the team to be able to do that. Right. And, and that's kind of, now I, I think it's, they, they might have a, a little bit higher, of a percentage of 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 cash assets to their name uh, than the person in this in this hypothetical scenario, but let's say the the bus siblings are each worth a couple hundred million dollars each, right? Uh, I do know that all, they they do like a certain type of lifestyle, right? They all take salaries from the Lakers, uh, but. But they they can't necessarily go out and say, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this baseball team, or I'm gonna buy, you know, this business or corporation out there with the billion dollars that I have as a result of being part owner of the Lakers. That that's not how that works. In order to be able to say that kind of thing or have that kind of cash asset, they would have to all vote collectively, or at least majority vote. 
collectively to to sell the Lakers, and then uh, and then you know then at that point, as a result of the payout, they have the the billion dollars each. And 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 look, we always see the uh, valuations of the Lakers uh, at about four billion dollars, right? If they were to hit the open market. I could see them going for as much as six. And if they goes for as much as six and the bus siblings all own 66% of that six billion, and that would be split up in those six ways, that's a huge payout for these guys. And I would imagine that that you know at least a couple of them are ready to 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 have that happen. It's just a matter of getting enough other siblings up on the on the same page to be able to do so. So that's how that's going there. Regarding Linda Rambis, look, there is no other explanation, right? She's a close friend with Jeannie Buss. She has moved into to power positions. Now, the way I would explain it is think of a pie, right? And a percentage of that pie of the power with the Lakers for a while there was divvied up amongst Jerry West and Jerry Buss back in the day, maybe Phil Jackson Pat Riley back in the day, Magic Johnson, you know, back when 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 he cared enough to show up to work and 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 you know all these things. So for a while there, that that pie, that power was was distri- uh, distributed evenly or or at least fully amongst some actual geniuses in their various fields, right? Less so Magic Johnson after the fact, but you get my point. As those people have departed. After Dr. Jerry Buss died, after Jerry West was kind of sort of shown the door slash moved on to, to Memphis, after Pat Riley moved on to the East Coast, you know, and, and, and eventually wound up in Miami, after Phil Jackson retired as coach and stepped away and, and, and went up to Montana and then eventually to New York, after Phil, uh, Mitch Kupchak was shown the door, like as all of these presences vacated the premises, right, uh, they left behind them, uh, you know, their various chunks of that power pie. And as a result of that, as a result of them not being replaced with anybody or, or w- with, you know, substandard people in, at the very least, well, that made more power for Linda to slip into, right? And, and Jeannie specifically, especially to slip into, because if Jeannie slips into power and she assumes more of that pie, then that's more that she can distribute out to Linda, who can then also distribute, distribute it out to Kurt Rambis. And then now apparently Jeannie Buss is distributing some of that power out to Phil Jackson. And all the while, Rob Palenka is sitting there thinking, all right, well, I guess I was hired to be, you know, general manager, uh, but I still, I, we still don't know what, what position Rob Link actually holds. So that's kind of how I would explain that, that there was at one point that, that all the power within the Lakers was distributed out to people who deserved it. But as those people left, then that power still had to go somewhere and it kind of centralized with Jeannie Buss and now she's distributing out to, to people who don't deserve it and thus we find ourselves in the situation that we are right now. We'll see if that ever changes though. Let's answer one more question here. Uh, Vet57 writes, I was so excited and hopeful when Jim Buss was forced out as, well, he was president, uh, but our front office is now arguably worse than it was before. How is it possible that Jeannie is so blind to what all of us fans see and why she keeps making emotional decisions instead of logical ones? This is the worst I've ever felt about this team. 
it's hard to argue with that last point there. And and look, if we're to, to if we're to explain or figure out why these decisions are being made, right? You have to you have to think of it from their perspective. Jeannie Buss, the, the the people who have informed her about basketball, like I think I, I talk about this with like Jen. Jen is the person who informs me on medical stuff. If an athlete gets hurt and I ask her, hey, what's the steps to whatever and 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 how is how is this player gonna gonna respond when they're healthy? When might they be healthy again? Right? All of those questions that I have, and she informs me about that. She's the only person that I'm talking to in that moment. Well, what if, and this isn't the case, Jen's very good at her job, but what if Jen isn't good at her job? And the only person that I'm talking to about this is somebody who does who who isn't good at, at evaluating those situations. How am I supposed to know that without going in and, and doing further research with, with other doctors? And if the Lakers continue to be uh, unwilling to continue to do that further research and find other voices that might be better suited for that advice in those situations, they'll never know that they're bungling these things, right? They'll just think, oh, man, rotten luck, injuries again, that's too bad, right? We even saw it like, like what's her name, uh, Judy Sato, uh, who was just brought back, right? We're seeing it again here. And nothing against Judy. Jen informs me that she is an absolute titan in her industry, which is great. It's awesome. Problem is, it's aggressively not creative. <laughs> it's it's the same old stuff. It's it's the Laker family stuff. They are just incapable of thinking outside the box or even looking outside the box, and they keep on making these same hires. Maybe it works out with Ju- Judy Sato, and and in some cases previously, that's how it went. Right? They hired. Jerry West, who was a former Laker, and it just so worked out, they lucked into finding one of the greatest executives in the history of professional sports. Sometimes that happens, but you you take on an inherent risk by not even looking elsewhere, and that's where the Lakers continue to find themselves. So, so to actually answer the question, it's not a matter of the Lakers knowing that they're screwing up and continuing to screw up. I think it's 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 even dumber than that. That they don't know that they're dumb, that they don't know that they're that they're isolated or, or insulated, and and as a result, when they make these decisions and they don't go well, they aren't self-aware enough to say, "Gosh, what's our process here, and how can we fix it?" It's it's not a matter of them potentially making mistakes in their eyes; it's things just not working out, and and eventually. You know, we have to hope that either things work out and we just luck into, the Lakers just luck into the right kind of situations and, and the right kind of players and the right kind of minds, or the minds who are in charge of this eventually look in the mirror and say, okay, maybe I'm the problem. And until that happens, we're going to keep on having these same conversations. Uh, let's do, I got time for one more. Let's do one more. Sir Dobbins writes, hey, Anthony, love your show and the work you do. I know uh, you've been asked this a bunch of times. What in the heck are the Lakers doing? Just when you think you can't do anything more stupid, it comes in spades. Do you think Jeannie Robert the Rambi uh, owe us some kind of explanation? Yes, abso-freaking-lutely. Uh, the, 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 everybody involved in this, somebody involved in this owes everybody an explanation for, for the way things are going. It's just that LeBron rumor that's going around, right? That that's that's it's not a coincidence that all of these ridiculous rumors, uh, Nick Wright's thing about the Rambuses over uh, ha- overpowering basically Rob Palenka in the decision making process. Bill Plaschke had another wild rumor 
uh, about the other owners, the minority owners, doing some work to uh, potentially take the team away from the Bus family or at least make it known that they're annoyed at the direction that the Lakers are going in under this iteration of, of Bus leadership. Uh, all of these rumors are coming out because it, it's there. there's so much space for, for such rumors to spread. The Lakers haven't done anything to get their story out there, and so what's happening instead are people are going to tell their version of the story because eventually like somebody has to say something, right? And it's not even a matter of like people are doing this for clicks or anything like that either. It's literally there is no actual version of the truth out there by way of the Lakers other than like I think right now they've since Magic Johnson has, has stepped down, they've released four statements, one about Magic's uh, resignation. Uh, another one about their parting ways with Luke Walton. They released another one on the uh, on the allegations against Luke Walton, and then finally their their fourth one was just recently when they announced Frank Vogel being hired officially. Other than that, there hasn't been any other. I mean, like I guess if you want to count Jeannie Bus tweeting that she and Magic Johnson are, are hashtag Laker for life or family for life, whatever that the thing is that they they think that we care about. Other than that, there hasn't been anything out there from from the Lakers. So yeah, that somebody has to step up and explain at least the decision making process here, right? If not the decisions themselves, preferably they would they would explain the decisions themselves. And and look, a week from by the time I'm recording this, I'm recording this Monday night. Uh, next Monday morning, apparently. The Lakers are going to hold an introductory press, introductory press conference for Frank Vogel, and quite frankly, uh, Rob Palenka has to be there, right? Jeannie Buss probably has to be there. Somebody from Lakers leadership has to be there, and and if they just feed Frank Vogel to the Sharks to answer for all of this, and 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 that would that would. Follow the trend that we saw during exit interviews where Kyle Kuzma and Josh Hart and Mo Wagner had to answer for for some of the stupidity at the time. Uh, if that happens again, then we know that the Lakers are, are under immature leadership, if not outright cowardly leadership, for, for their uh, outright distaste for explaining away their decisions. And it would be too bad to see that. I'm going to take a quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to try to to, to rapid-fire the rest of your guys' questions. All right, so the next uh, question here comes from uh, Arete32. Should the Lakers trade LeBron James for D'Angelo Russell? I'm only kind of trolling maybe Rob Polinka for Julius Randle. Look... <laughs> There is nobody in the front office that could be traded and get anything in return. That I hell, there is nobody on the coaching staff still who you could trade away and get anything for, right? That nobody is interested, and this should be kind of a red flag to to the Lakers that there is nobody in the Lakers organization who anybody is even remotely interested in. It used to be for a while there that Ryan West was, but even those rumors have kind of subsided. We're, we're st- I haven't heard even that lately, right? So, yeah, I, there is no trade. Look, there's basically what I, what needs to be said here is there is no easy fix, right? Maybe the lottery goes in the Lakers' direction, but like if you were if you were going bankrupt, would you would you 
bank a lot on hitting the lottery to fix all your problems? Probably not, right? That wouldn't be good financial planning. You'd have to find the root of the issue and then address it and then figure things out. Uh, that's where the Lakers currently find themselves. There is no – like the, this this idea of a LeBron trade to, to maybe hit the quote-unquote reset button. If LeBron doesn't demand a trade and the Lakers trade him anyway, they would that would be – the absolute low point in, in Lakers history. It, they, it would be almost a point of no return, right? And and you know they can't they can't go there because I don't think this this front office the the brain trust that's steering the Lakers right now. Uh, I don't trust them to completely rebuild from scratch and and build a culture and build a winning culture and a sustainable win, winning culture. That that's not ending well. Next question here comes from Perd Happily Eleven. I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, but as a kid in Oklahoma before the Thunder existed, I was a pretty big Laker fan. I have since kept kept an interest in the Lakers from afar, and this show is my go-to for keeping up uh, with all the drama and shenanigans. Appreciate that. I enjoy listening to Anthony's takes uh, slash Thrones analogies, and I'm always entertained when the Lakers storylines get depressing. Well, you're probably pretty entertained right now. My question is, what former Lakers role player would you add to the current team, excluding Lamar Odom because I think he'd be a star in modern NBA with his skill set. Sorry if this question has been asked before. I may have missed it. I'm always fine answering these kinds of things. If I can't add Lamar Odom, well, first, I think we have to define what a role player is, right? So not a Hall of Famer, I would imagine. So like Pau Gasol doesn't get included. Uh, Lamar is probably the best role player that fits these kind of requirements that the Lakers have really ever had. Maybe Michael Cooper like if, uh, if if you could teach him to hit three pointers, would be an interesting one. Actually, ironically, Byron Scott as like a combo guard to to work alongside Lonzo would be kind of fun. Uh, Norm Nixon back in back before Magic got him traded was a great that they had this two headed monster at, in, in their backcourt with Nixon and and Magic that made that team a lot of fun. Uh, Michael Thompson. As just kind of a, a, a rim protector and roller and rim runner uh, would be a, a great option as well. There's there's a lot of good ones out there. Glenn Rice, I you know, is is an, uh, more of a D, a, a, th- a three and D type of player. Uh, less emphasis on the D part of that. Uh, also, Rick Fox would be an interesting one for for similar ideas. So there there are good ones out there. Lamar is far and away the best one though. I I'll, I'll grant you that. If we're if we're saying that Metal World Peace is not a Hall of Famer, he's also he he probably goes right behind Lamar Odom. Uh next question here comes from Captain Matt 8. Hey, uh Pete and you have been doing great work lately during this Lakers era. One of the things I'm most worried about is the de- development and future of the Lakers' young core. How much growth do you think the Lakers' organization has cost B.I. and Lonzo? I just think if those players were in a better organization, they would be so much better basketball players. This is probably something to that, to be completely honest. They uh, look all of these guys, you look at the the basically any player that has gone to San Antonio over the last... 20 years or so has reached or come near their ceiling, right? Uh, you look at the opposite of that in Phoenix. And I think the Lakers reside somewhere in the middle there. Uh, I, I think one thing that both players would benefit from in going to a, a really stable organization is one fewer, you know, less attention while they develop at their own pace. That's one thing that the Lakers can't really 
avoid right now. I mean, the the Lakers fan base is such that those things, every player that comes to the Lakers is kind of under a microscope. But I do think the Lakers applying such a hands-off approach to the development of their young guys really has kind of hurt them. Uh, I, I think it's really important that you that you guide young NBA players to, at the very least, the type of players that is that you know the, the the best version of themselves. Right? You don't want Brandon Ingram focusing only on off the dribble pull up jumpers uh, on offense. You don't want even D'Angelo Russell when he was still with the Lakers and still now has some bad habits where he takes way too many tough ju- uh, jumpers as as a player. Lonzo Ball, you know, uh, some some smarter coach would have stepped in and maybe they wouldn't force Lonzo to uh, change his shot completely, but they would at least design an approach to offense that would allow him to benefit from that shot top, right? So instead of you know, just having Lonzo, hey, go out and do your thing by yourself. I would, if I were, if I were coaching Lonzo, I would say, okay, if you're dri- if you're dribbling to your left, I would focus on trying to get to a step back, and and improving that step back to where it's a viable threat, right? Uh, because of the way that he shoots it. If if you're going to go to your right, I would try to focus as much as you can on getting all the way to the rim, because we know he can't pull up. And shoot a jumper going to his right because that brings the ball right back to the defender. So there are just there are just aspects of the game that I don't know if the Lakers are are doing putting their young guys in their best situations to at least be the best version of the player they they could be coming into the NBA. And and I think that's where the Spurs are really good. They they look at the skill set of the player that they draft and they say okay. How can what's the best way to make this player the best version of the NBA player they could be, and and then build them up from there with that as a foundation. Next question comes from Skip Conway. I will make this as short as I can. I have about four different Lakers-related podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis, but Locked On Lakers is by far my favorite. Thank you. Both Anthony and Pete are extremely knowledgeable and relatable, and seem like really decent guys. Aww. I'm blushing. I've got to say that Anthony perfectly encapsulated my thoughts and feelings on Jason Kidd with his rant on him at the end of uh, the episode on 511. I was touched that he seemed to get a little bit emotional when describing Kidd's many transgressions and his current associated with the team. It seems like everybody but the Lakers front office has principles and common sense. Is it possible that the front office isn't aware of Kidd's history and drama? Could they be that much in the dark? So, Let's say that is the starting point on all this, that the Lakers just didn't know, right? That's why I wrote for Silver Screen and Roll, given the the platform that we have there at the site. That's why I wrote about it, because they don't have an excuse at this point. They, Anytime we, we write something on Silver Screen and Roll, it goes through their PR department, it gets to the head of the PR uh, department there, and they see it, and either they pass it on, but they at least somebody within the Lakers organization sees it. And on that level, at the very least, we know that they have that information on them. It's even scarier to think, though, that there's a, that there are people out there who believe. And, and without – it isn't unfounded why people might believe this. But there are people out there who believe that the Lakers might not have all this information, that they're hiring Jason Kidd without full understanding of, of the things that he's done in the past. That doesn't speak all that well to to the the homework doers within the Lakers organization, does it? 
it makes you a little nervous, and and rightfully so if you do feel that way. But I do believe that they have that information now, and and one of the things that I'm really uh, interested in as we get ready for Frank Vogel's introductory press conference is those are the Lakers being held responsible and and being asked about kids' transgressions. Uh, LA2485 writes, Hey, Anthony, uh, man, I love the show. My question is, do you remember a time when management handpicked the top assistant for the head coach just like the Lakers did with Frank Vogel? Not the top assistant, but one thing, you know, one thing that I I do know with – with Lakers coaching staffs over the years is Bill Burka was just kind of part of the deal, right? He's He does scouting and stuff like that, but he's just kind of seen as a general presence around the Lakers. And there is no working with the Lakers if you aren't interested in working with Bill Burka. Uh, so that's the closest thing to it. But even then, like I said, he's more of a consultant. He he doesn't work as hands-on as he used to back in the day. But he's been uh, a very valuable, uh, if not invaluable, piece of the Lakers organization for, for forever now. Um, and, and, and that's kind of the closest thing to that. That said, like just in general, put it this way. If you were, let's say you're a qualified candidate and you're getting ready to work as a manager somewhere, right? And you have another friend of yours in this industry whom you have worked with for years. And you are in, you know, you are considered one of the top people that could be hired to be manager at, at whatever this thing might be. We'll call it a, a, a big five or a, a, or a sports retail place, right? Let's say you're getting ready to work there, uh, and as you're as you're getting ready to work there, they say, "All right, uh, part of the gig is is putting together a managerial staff." And and you know you've been in the industry long enough that you know a few people that you would like to bring with you, uh, and you say, "All right, I have an absolute right hand man that I trust completely, or woman that I trust completely, uh, and and I have the utmost respect for, and I think we would really help." Uh, j- build a culture and and build an environment here where the store is going to run as 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 good as it could possibly run. And they say, "Well, hold on there. I know you have that person in mind, but guess what? You're assigned this person, right? Most people who are who are are uh who who deserve that gig uh who are qualified enough to 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 hold that gig or or earn that gig, will say, well, no, I'm going to go somewhere where I can actually make that decision for myself. And I think we kind of saw that a little bit with, with Teron Liu, though the, the bigger issue there was a three-year deal. Um, and and I think here with Frank Vogel and, and nothing against him, he probably didn't have very many other offers to be a head coach anywhere else. Uh, he's already had – he's been fired by two different spots. And so he, I would imagine – said I'll just I'll do whatever it takes I just want this job right which is fine it's a, it's a good sentiment and and whatever but but that doesn't necessarily means he was he was thrilled to work with the Lakers specifically as much as he was just thrilled to get back into the NBA and and you know for the vast majority of my lifetime the people who got hired by the Lakers were thrilled to work with the Lakers and qualified to work with the Lakers and and I don't know that that Vogel fits that and it's kind of highlighted by the fact that he was that open to just hire Jason Kidd because he was just desperate to, to to get a head coaching job again. Uh, let's go with the next one. 
Devin Jan writes, weird question here. How does us reading your uh, your or other people's articles further your careers? Is it just getting your names out more, or is it a certain number of clicks affects your pay? Just curious. Appreciate the content. Fine. I'll go here. So for Silver Screen and Roll, I get paid a standard salary, right? It has nothing to do with clicks. Nobody who, who works there at Silver Screen and Roll benefits from the number of clicks, to, to the best of my understanding. Uh, we all have a set salary that we make every single month. Now, with I, I am involved in a, in, a, in a podcast channel that they're trying to, to build right now, and my pay there is kind of sort of tied to uh, the number of downloads that we get there. But that's just because they're trying to invest, get us to invest in the actual growth of that network itself, right? Uh, but, you know, to people who say, Oh, you're only writing this because it's it, it, you're going to get the clicks and you're going to get paid off of those clicks. Well, that's not necessarily true. While we are expected to drive clicks, we don't have a quota for clicks. We don't. It's nothing like that at all. It's it's literally we write and and I especially write the stuff that I find interesting that I have a a take to give on a. As well a founded take as I can possibly give. Like that's that's kind of how this works, uh, as it pertains to this show. Uh, it's a it's it does. I do get a certain number of of uh, or my my pay is decided in large part by the number of downloads that we get. Uh, but that doesn't that that doesn't mean I I steer the content of this show. Based on what I think is going to get the most clicks, I, I, I've always tried to be upfront and honest about that. That I'm going to talk about and and explain you guys through the stuff that I find the most interesting and that I find the most important, right? Uh, and and you know, look as as a as what speaks to what I'm talking about here and me not you know forcing topics on you that. Uh, would just get the no- the highest number of downloads possible. I put these I, I put these mailbags together, and you can actually see the topics as you when you leave a re- uh, a review. You can click on if you just go to if you go up to the top, and you click on uh, the the whatever number of customer reviews, and you click on most recent. You can see the topics that I'm going to talk about every Monday and 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 Tuesday or so. Now that I'm getting so many questions, like that's. This is me letting you guys steer the conversation for at least a day or so of, of each week. And and look, part of the reason why the show has, has grown as much as it has is because I try to make the conversation and the topics as easy as as interesting as possible. You guys wouldn't want to listen to a, a show. The show wouldn't do nearly as well if it was every single day was Lakers trade rumors. Will LeBron get traded? Like no, I if anything if that's come up, we've usually laughed it off more often than not, right? Uh so so yeah, I I kind of understand what the what the what the reading between the lines is of this of this question and I promise you that my content is of the utmost honesty. I will not lie to you guys about the about the direction I take the show. I will not be disingenuous with topics for the sake of a few downloads here and there. The show is doing great. You guys have been incredible and 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 hugely supportive and you've allowed me to 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 decide and 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 be more honest about the topics of my show. And I'm I'm hugely thankful for that. Uh but 
and 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 as a result, I promise you that I will never ever be disingenuous with a with a topic uh, just for the sake of a few clicks here and there or a few downloads here and there. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it in the long term. That'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Thank you guys very much for sending in your questions. Uh, I I hugely hugely appreciate them. They help my job. E- they they make my job easier because it gives me topics to talk about, and also uh, it continues to improve our standing with iTunes. Which, by the way, uh, you guys have been killing it. The show has been doing really well on iTunes. So so as always, I I hugely appreciate your support. Uh, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I'll talk to you, or we, Pete and I, will talk to you tomorrow.